welcome to the Top Order Podcast. This week in cricket time again, we're going to talk IPL. The top four look locked in, but the race is heating up again. Another week of high scores, some Kiwi highlights from a batting perspective as well. We'll also talk some other Kiwi batting highlights. Mark Chapman in the historic T20 series. We'll also have a conversation about franchise contracts. And is it the end of the 100? All coming up on the Top Order Podcast. Stay tuned. So boys, I think we've got to start, haven't we, with the IPL this week. So top four size locked in, do we think? I, I guess is a, a bit of a question mark. Um, another week of high scores and some yeah, batting to talk about, particularly Jaiswell Conway, um, and also some form from our English and Australian cousins as well. Lippy, I'm going to start with you. Let, let's, let's talk Devon Conway to start with. You must be pretty pumped with where he's sitting on that runs uh, runs chart i mean honestly just roll back what we said last week the guy's just a the guy's just unbelievable i mean he did have one bad game in there it's sort of uh rajasthan trying to chase down uh, or csk trying to chase down a score uh 200 i think he got eight off 16 balls that's his one glitch i think in this whole ipl i think you know put some numbers together He's got five fifties in this t in this uh, 2023 edition. I think that makes it eight fifties and 17 IPL bats. Yeah, pretty good conversion rate. I, I, I just don't really know what what more you can say about the guy. He's just unbelievable at the moment. Is it fair to say he's carrying CSK from a batting perspective? I know like they've had some good performances with the bat, but I think he's probably performed even as good as he is out of his skin in this tournament. He's had a really, really good tournament. And CSK have now, as we record, they're five and four. And I think he's probably directly responsible for four out of those five wins if I'm just looking at it from an outsider's perspective. Is that too is that too long a bow to draw? Yes, yes and no. Look, he's been very, very good this this pretty much this entire tournament. He's scoring fifties and big fifties mm. going deep into the innings. I think that he is actually probably the best in the best form in the tournament. There are other performances and performers around the IPL who are going well, but um yeah, you can't look past him. He's no, I do think it's it sells CSK short to just set, put it all on Conway though. We talked about Rahani, what he's been doing, you know, Guy Quad. There's, I think they actually have, I mean, you know, as again, keep talking about Dubai and thinking that he wasn't very good. He's contributing a lot this season. So yeah. Spandes, he's the leading wicket taker, isn't he? Exactly, yeah. yeah. So I, I do think they're actually putting a team together. Mm -hmm. You know, Moen Ali's in there doing a few little things as well. So yeah, well, they're actually contributing. As well. We talked jokingly about it last week, didn't we? You know, what role is he going to play? He's still kind of coming in and just really putting the icing on the There's cake two in terms of those those innings. Is there anyone better to go from ball one than him? Um, if we're going to kind of carry on with this hyperbole around who's the best in the business, it, it, they have kind of got a number of players firing, haven't they? In that in that side, which is probably why they're you know probably the fourth cab on the rank at the moment. But I guess if we if we look at that, Gujarat top of the table, twelve points. They've also got a game on everybody mm. else at the moment as well as we record this on. Uh, mm, and it's against Tuesday Delhi night. too. Uh, we've got Rajasthan, um, then the Super Giants, and then the the the, the Chennai. Uh, super team, Kings. Super Kings, indeed. Everyone's super, aren't they? Um, <laughs> but they're, they're all on 10 as well. Um, so are uh, RCB. 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 And, and so are Punjab at uh, this and, point. And so are Punjab. And then we've got the Mumbai Indians as well, who are on eight. And they've also got a game on the teams that mm -hmm. are slightly ahead of them. So when we talk about that, um, 
you know, we talk about momentum a hell of a lot throughout the course of this tournament. I want to ask a question about Conway before we probably come on to the teams. If he finishes now, if he kind of goes horribly out of form, has he still had a good tournament? 550s. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, so. I, I don't know. You know, obviously, if they fall away and he struggles, yeah, you're sitting there thinking, oh, well, you know, things are not, that he's not had a great tournament. But like now he's got the opportunity to have a great tournament. You're going to look at this list that he's, you know, put together in terms of his scores and go 500 runs, even if he stopped now, he'd probably get to 500. Yeah. If, if, if he didn't play another game for whatever reason, he's yeah. had an excellent tournament. Yeah, yeah. You know, so if he plays four games and doesn't get any runs, then that kind of counts against him a bit. But if he stopped now, if he went on to international duty and then didn't play another game, he's had a superlative tournament. Yeah, um, enough for me to create hot takes about him, which I don't normally do. Can we can we come back to that top four though? Because I, I do th- like I, I've uh, recorded a tweet that I sent out on the 29th of April. I can't even don't even know what day it is today, but. Basically said top, of May. top four are all on 10 points. With positive net run rates, playing like playoff teams, should we just lock in the semifinalists now? And then the whole week has just thrown all of that out of the window. And then, you know, over the weekend, yeah, P- P- Punjab beats CSK. Mumbai comes from the clouds, beats Rajasthan. Like, everyone is starting to beat everyone again, and it all was hotting up. And none other, like, none other than Virat Kohli last night, things are heating up, certainly. Yeah, look, it's difficult, isn't it? We're coming with hot takes every single week, don't we? Um, yeah. I, I think what I've kind of written down from, from this week um, is Rajasthan, their mid-lord, are really not firing. So, you know, the, the likes of Joss Butler has got going a little bit. Uh, Sanju Sampson's got going on occasion, but they've not really been able to piece things together through yeah. that through that mid-lorder engine room. We then look at a team like Mumbai, who I, I think are really starting to, you know, find a little bit of form in terms of piecing together um, and look, this isn't just about you know my view on this, but I know what I said. I think last week or the week before was they seemed like a team of individuals that weren't really piecing together those performances in the middle order. They've now kind of fired a couple of times. Tim David coming good finally. Um, Sky Sky four, looked outrageous. Sky, Sky looking great. David was I think forty five off fourteen balls or something. A strike rate of three hundred and twenty to put the icing on the cake in in their game. And then the other takeaway I've got, we've talked a bit about Conway, but uh, Jaiswell has been going really, really well. But three guys, um, Jaiswell, Conway and Mitch Marsh, all, um, according to Crick Info, man of the match in their respective games when their teams have lost um, mm. the game. So Jaiswell obviously getting that 100, Conway 92 off 52. And then Mitch Marsh gets 63 and forfa, which you can't really argue with as a man of the match performance in a T20, but all ending up on the wrong side of mm. wrong side of the ledger from a wins perspective. So it, it's been a cracking week. Yeah, Mitch Marsh obviously listens to the pod or watches the pod on YouTube after we or Raj fired him up as or was he a no Cameron Green was a better version of Mitch Marsh and Mitch Marsh has turned up. It's a good take from you because it fired up two Australians. So I'm very happy with that. Well done from you, Raj. But he looked very good. Well, we might. Um, I feel like we might stay on the Australians, right? Sure, why not? Because the Australians, it, it has been a very good week for them. We've seen, I mean, the Tim David one. Look, so they needed 19 coming into that last over. Probably not the best three balls I've ever, or 17 I think it was to defend because that makes more sense. Um, Jason Holder, probably not the best three balls he's ever bowled. Three fullies. Tim, da- But Tim David just dealt with them, hit them miles out of the park. Mm. They needed 17 off the over. You're thinking, okay, this is going to be tight. Tim David does it in three balls. It's like... That I, it's the kind of innings that actually makes you think, okay, maybe this guy is worth it because mm-hmm. it's not really what he's done. I think he did it maybe once last year, last IPL, and yeah. 
we sort of criticised him really for all the big money that they've paid him. Mm. But I mean, you, you look at that and you go, okay, like that he has won us that game. That is two points that is essentially Off almost Tim mm-hmm. David. Yeah. Yep. And if you're going to pay guys big money, Dre Russ, uh, Kyron Pollard, players of that nature who are explosive, they have to win you at least one game on the, in the in a tournament like this off their own bat. Now that it's longer and it's 72 games, they probably have to win three or four. Two, two or three games. Yeah, two or three yeah. games off, off their own bat. So that's one for Tim David. He owes uh, Mumbai Indians probably one more. But that middle order, as you've said, has, has performed admirably uh, since we gave them a serve when they were going not very well. Um, He's got to be difficult to bowl at as well. That tall. And I think, you, mm. you know, you're obviously trying to find that length and I guess you know if, if you do go that little bit too full a guy that's what six foot 23 or something like that <laughs> Very tall. I don't he's, know if he's that tall he's going to be able to get yes, under, yeah, under, underneath the ball, under the ball. Mm-hmm. long um, levers and such Adam yeah and well and Jason Holder long levers as well, as well. But, yep. um, on the battle of the levers yeah he left <laughs> <laughs> so just just rounding out the uh, the bottom of the table have you got your have you drawn a line through any of these teams so far I had drawn a line through Delhi <laughs> well, I had drawn a line through Delhi and then they won two on the trot. Uh, but they're still two and six. So I think we can safely have a line drawn through Delhi. Watch them go on a big rampage. Uh, Sunrisers, too. KKR, Adam? Yeah, look, I, I mean, Border, you can look at my paper here and I've written uh, out of it against, Question mark. against three three teams. So De- Delhi, I think, uh, let's actually lock that in. We can say that they are absolutely gone burger. Cool. Confirmed. They're going to go on a um, tear next week. Great. Sun- I'll Sunrisers, lock that in. I think they're, they're gone burger. I can't I say are, KKR yeah. are gone burger just because I'm going to stick to the guns. <laughs> and, um, I've picked them every single IPL. They're going to get through to the semi final, so I can't write them off. But. Um, going to be pretty tough for them to get into the mix I think yeah well they yeah. need to win five to finish at eight yeah. or six I, right? I think those bottom three are probably a line through them but it's really all the fight for for the top seven though well Baldy what did you say to me before Harry Brooks watched his watched his hundred quite a few times you he said? has well that, his, he, that's what he said that I've watched my hundred twenty five times or so yeah it's just not working out for him is it I, I think uh, when, he's, when he should have been batting in the other games. Games. or, or well, playing yeah. in the nets maybe maybe I think my uh, you know Harry Harry Brook is a much big, better upgrade than Kane Williamson uh, comment at the start of the IPL preview has come back to buy me. Let's touch on that for a second, though. They're asking a lot of Harry Brook in that cricket team. Like they're asking him at the first time of at the first time of going to the IPL as a young fellow who doesn't normally play on Indian wickets to bat at the top of the order and score all their runs. That's a big ask for a young player. I mean, we saw how good he was here in New Zealand against New Zealand. He started in, off in, down the order, though. He started off batting at four yeah, or five. Yeah, and, the and they've got guys that are naturally more predisposed to batting at the top of the order but I think Sunrisers have taken either a long term view or have taken a punt on youth to say well we're going to stick him at the top and he's going to come off for us three times and score big scores. He scored one so far in nine games. Okay that's probably less than he would have liked maybe that the fans would have liked but you know you've either got to put him at five or six and go we want you to finish games or we put him at the top of the order and, and you've you've either way you're asking a lot of a young kid and I think we just have to be a little bit patient with him um, and give him a couple of years in this role to see if he actually works out or not what, what do you think they do do you think they take him out of the firing line or do you think they go this guy's going to come good he's done it over all right a relatively short period of time in international cricket but he's found a way in test cricket he's found a way in t20 cricket and, and also ODI, ODI cricket as well does he play to the end of the tournament or do you, do you think they uh, particularly where they are in the table at the moment it's mm. it's a slim chance that they're going to kind of make it through are they already thinking about next year I mean you, you would have the scoop you know having the <laughs> co-rights of the song well yeah look I, I actually think back to what Mumbai did with Tim David last year and I, I kind of had similar thoughts about him like is it time to just give up on this experiment we paid a lot of yeah. money for him 
get some other guys in the side. I mean, they were also doing the same, I suppose, with DeWalt Brevis, who they had kind of picked up when, you know, not that many people in the world, well, I'm, I'm sure outside of South Africa, outside didn't, of, podcast outside of South Africa yeah. didn't know a huge amount about him and, and gave him a lot of opportunities. But with David, they stuck with him. And actually near the end of the tournament, he started to get some form. Maybe that gave him some confidence that he can do this. I think what you say and that if they're thinking about next year, you just play him. I mean, I, I do wonder why they're not... Like, Personally, selfishly, I, don't, I want Phillips to get there a shot there. Yeah, I don't, um, but I just don't see how they do it because if they're going to keep picking Brook, if they're going, if Aiden Markram's your captain, if Clarkson's your keeper, then and, and scoring runs, yeah, then you're starting, you're starting and to Mark run out. Johnson's in their team a lot, running to starting to run out of options. So yeah, I I just think why not stick with Harry Brook as a young player? They want it. They want to him to get the confidence and feel good. And yeah, they've got nothing to nothing to lose. We said last week. Uh, no way back in for Quinton de Kock um, LSG posting I think would be the top score in the tournament this year 257 um, Arman Mayers is going still at the, at the top some of, the, of those six of is he honestly one, mm. of the, one of them that he hit that went up you know the one I'm talking yeah. about obviously listeners uh, can't see what I'm <laughs> What's what I'm picturing in my head, but it, that, went, it went about three hundred meters oh. up, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, it was just amazing. Yeah, yeah, some of those shots that he was playing, awesome. Yeah, and Peran as well, still, yeah, still in form. So that, that mm. question, still, still the same. Um, yeah, I, I mean a little bit, but you know, we talked about their two hundred million that they scored, but they played RCB mm. in their last game out and got rolled for one hundred and eight, chasing one hundred and twenty six, which probably tells you two things. One, it's a bit of a rocks and diamonds type of. Um, engagement that the LSG are giving us at the moment and also that that wicket's probably not yeah. the best wicket for batting. RCB didn't score runs either. Yep, so they only scored 126 in their full allotment of 20 overs too, mind you. Faf Duplessis is top scorer in that game, 44. we got we got to stay on RCB. Raj is our, you know, foremost <laughs> RCB Virat Kohli <laughs> correspondent. And correspondent. What, run us through what happened after that game. Well, it actually, it actually started before that game, uh, before the end of that game. It started in, what, 16th, 17th over. Mm. There was a bit of... Uh, Words exchanged between Coley and it was Naveen, wasn't it? Yeah. Oh, huck. There was a, there was a little. I don't know what I don't know what the words were. The re- umpires got involved. There was a lot of gesticulating discussion on what they were going to have I dinner. That. Um, I don't know what they were discussing, but it didn't seem very friendly. Mm. And then obviously the game petered out to um, to a finish. KL Rahul. I don't know if you saw him come in in mm. the last what about over and a half. He it was very painful to watch. Mm. Um, but yeah, they all they you know they're walking off. They're going the handshaking and then it sort of just kicked off in the line uh, Virat Kohli and, and Naveen uh, had some words uh, with each other and then had to be uh, separated by Maxwell and then later on down the line um, Carl Mayers and Virat Kohli had a couple of words but that looked a little bit more while still grumpy it was a bit more wow. civil. Coley probably looked at Mayers and thought, oh, this is the wrong guy to be having an argument with, didn't he? And then um, Gotham Gambier took him away, and, 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 and Gambier and Coley, who obviously, you know, they have a bit of a history, mm. uh, got into it. Uh, it's just, at the end of the day, you know, I think it's a bit of a storm in a, a teacup. It's mm. been made a, a lot of on, on social media and in the media, but. Yeah, uh, what do you guys think? Those who saw it or have just heard about it for the first well, I've time? I've heard about it for the first time. What was the outcome of said altercation? Uh, so obviously everyone was, was separated, went, mm. went, went their way, and there was some uh, financial penalties. Yeah. Uh, Virat and Gambia lost their full match fee and Naveen lost uh, half of it. Yeah, half like or 25% or something, yeah. Wow. It's been a little while since we've seen Virat that fight of puzzle. I, I actually 
quite like it. And I think mm. it, it's a little bit like the whole David Warner scenario when he turned into, what was it, the Reverend or something like that. And he was just completely <laughs> uncharacteristic. We're telling the story. Uh, so I, I actually like to see a little bit of fire at Ratcole, as long as it's not against England. I think, it, yeah, it, it's good. And it's good for the tournament. It's, you know, it's, uh, well, no, it's not good for the tournament, but it adds that level of interest in that. And that talking point. Yeah, well, well the, he's been fined for bringing the tournament to dis- disrepute or whatever it is. Yes, so. but it sells newspapers, <laughs> Lippy, and it gets people talking, talking about it, and it gets people watching the he, he watching w- the highlights. He was seriously fired up because I, I ended up watching uh, stumbling across uh, RCB's social media after match thing that they did, mm-hmm. and, and even on there, there was a little clip that said it was Virats in the background, like clearly, and they showed it. They want they you know this yeah, yeah. is. Uh, you know, doctored stuff that they can show C- curated. you. Curated. Curated. Curated content. content. It's, not, it's not doctored. No, it's, curate, it's genuine content. Yes, genuine content. There you go. Thank you for clarifying that. That's right. But he, he what did he say? He said something like, uh, if you can't give it out or if you can't take it, don't give it out. Fair yeah. enough. So, he, yeah, it's it means a lot. I tell you what, Coley loves to give it out, but he also doesn't mind copying mm. it he said yeah, yeah. it, well, it, he it makes him a better cricketer yeah. yeah he knows he's gonna we've talked a lot of batting hold on sorry just a couple of points on that and mm. i i do think that while you know it's a bit of bit of a storm in the teacup it probably is not a great look for cricket or the tournament in the handshakes doing that when you're playing mm. the game fine do whatever yeah, you want yeah. but when the yeah. game's over the game's over you shake hands you go you go your other way i'll go your own way but the two problems there one was faff um he was wearing a shirt during the if if he had been there without a shirt Shirtless, with yeah. a with a with a towel on he would have been able to separate. Them. Oh, okay, I see um, what you're no, getting there. It, okay, it yeah. was it, it, that, that's the first problem. He second, was too much clothing. Second problem is we're not actually talking about the important parts of that game, and one of the big ones is a massive, massive end of a, a little known player, Josh Hazelwood. Mm-hmm. His entrance back into the IPL was it was. Was it one none for one for fifteen? I think got a couple. Two, two, two fifteen f- from three overs. That mm. is actually massive. Huge for RCB. Siraj has basically been on his own this yeah. whole tournament. RCB is not having trouble scoring runs generally. Uh, it's their bowling that are letting, letting them down. So it's a massive ad. Yeah, I was going to just move on to bowlers and you know Siraj. Nice segue. Mm-hmm. He's carried you know carried that attack. Interesting to see three seamers at the top of the. Um, top of the charts from a wickets perspective, Deshpande seventeen wickets, Siraj fifteen at seven. Yeah, um, in been terms amazing. of an economy rate, which is absolutely sensational. Mm. He's been carrying that attack, and then Arshdeep as well, who we've talked mm. a little bit about, and, and Shami and Shammy Mark Smith, Wood, I think, Mark like, Woods there. Yeah. Um, we still see that you know that group of spinners. So uh, Lippy and, and Gordy, please don't <laughs> fret. We've got Rashid Khan, we've got Trawler, we've got uh, Ravi Jadeja, and, and obviously Ashwin. Um, interesting you, you mentioned the uh, the faff in the towel I saw a brilliant piece of social media um, that's got a bit of a sandpaper um, <laughs> brilliant yeah a bit of a sandpaper sort of reference to it Cameron Bancroft playing a bit of county cricket at the moment yep three young fans have got him to pose with an Australian flag and one of them swiped a piece of sandpaper over one of the stars <laughs> which I just thought was excellent trolling for some young, young lad down at Somerset well done um, where else do we want to go in terms of this uh, yeah this this IPL um, before we yeah, move on to some international cricket any other highlights that we want to talk about well I think some of those ins and outs actually from that well maybe this game is you know that you just touched on Hazelwood coming in is, is big and but I think the the Kale Rahul thing is going to be really mm. interesting because he's not coming back is he this tournament it he doesn't must... seem so and that might rule him out of uh, you know World Test Championship mm. final I don't know you know obviously scans and, and all this kind of stuff is coming in soon so we'll find out a bit more but you know I think Unadkat had um, had has you know injured himself 
to look look really you know disappointing in the nets and then I think Umesh Yadav is injured as well so mm-hmm. like you talk about Ashdeep and Mohamed Siraj Shami all these guys you know with uh, Bumrah already out like some of this IPL stuff could have a big impact it, on the yeah, WCC, yeah. It, exactly and you know I mean you know we'll talk about that a bit closer to the time but yeah KL Rahul going out when if that happens and he's out for this tournament we're finally going to get the answer to all this question right of of what kind of impact he does have he would have been perfect i think in that chase if he could have been you know yeah for that low score he would have been exactly the right kind of person to just bat through that innings and win them the game you would think it didn't happen and lsg is now that side that is sitting there thinking okay well we we were in quite a nice spot now we've got got teams like rcb teams like punjab mumbai all kind of coming at us for that fourth spot so yeah very interesting week ahead yeah and look we're obviously trying to create plenty of interest week on week in terms of the movement in the table is this week now really moving week with you know we've talked about all these teams on 10 points a couple of teams that uh, Gujarat and Mumbai Indians we said have got a game in hand so that you know that kind of almost um, probably takes them one way or the other if they kind of win those those games in hand. Is this moving week coming up? You know, do you think the conversation next week we're going to have some more surety over this final four? I did look at the fixture list, and yeah, we've got, we do have some big games. LSG plays CSK. CSK also plays Mumbai. Mumbai's got a game against Punjab. Gujarat plays our, our, our Rajasthan and LSG as well. So a lot of those teams are playing each other. Mm. I, yeah. I mean, we sort of say it every week, but a week is a long time in the IPL. That table can change a lot, and all it takes is a couple of those teams to win both of their games and another, you know, LSG or CSK or whatever to lose those games, and suddenly it just all flips on its head. Yeah, it's a slippery slope for LSG, isn't it? I mean, they've lost already three out of their last five games. They've gone loss, win, loss, win, loss. A couple of losses on the bounce now with Rahul out, and they would slide very, very quickly down towards the bottom end of that of that table, which is the wrong end to be in, Adam. <laughs> always, always. <laughs> and let's let, on that note, let's move. Uh, let's move on. Um, look, I'll, I'll just admit to you, boys. I've got two pages of notes here. That this is my IPL page of notes. I, I'm actually fizzed to talk about what's going on um, in the sort of franchise world and the news that's come out about the hundred. So I've got a page on the hundred. Wow, that's, so, it's underlined and all, and it's underlined as well. But I'm re- I, look, I'm really, really keen to hear your, your <laughs> views. Um, I, I got a text from one of my mates back in England over the course of the last week who just said Chapman, serious player? Question um, mark. I'm guessing it's no question mark for for you boys. But what have you? Yeah, what have you been impressed with, and, and what what are your takeaways from this? Um, this series, Pakistan obviously won both games, but is it all doom and gloom for for Black Caps fans? Well, I think there's a few things to touch on there. So, I, I, I mean, last time we recorded, we we were giving Chapman a lot of praise. He'd already done a lot of really good things in that T20 series. I think there'd been four games. Obviously, that one had been rained out, but we hadn't had the fifth game, and that was kind of when he just stamped his authority on that series and and actually made it a historic series. He scored 290 runs from five games, only dismissed once. Highest ever total from a five-match T20 series for a batter. You know, 100 in that final game to draw that T20 series 2-2. And I, I think you you text me, you were watching it the next the next day, and sort of text me, I think, what was it? It was about four or five overs to go, and you were like, you know, I hope they, they, they have to win from <laughs> here. But it was a tricky total to chase, 190-odd. You know, we'd lost a few wickets early on, but... In the end, they made it look really, really easy, him and Jimmy Neesham. And, and Neesham, it was exactly the kind of innings that we'd asked for on that podcast. We'd said, look, you need to play an innings of consequence. 
comes out, delivers, scores that 50. So, yeah, mm. amazing stuff from, from Chapman. Nisham looks so good when he just swings through the line. Yeah. He needs to, whenever you see him get out, it's him just fishing at the ball or something like that. Have a swing, Jimmy, and, and he did really well. well this, that's that. exactly what happened, and we were watching it live in Auckland when yeah, we watched the, the New Zealand Sri Lanka T20. Had that game in hand, well in hand, James Neesham. Uh, that ground is way too small for him, most grounds are, but that ground in particular is way too small for him mm. when he hits straight. And he played a dinky little reverse sweep off the last over ball of an over where he'd already taken 14, I think, off that over. Mm. You're right. When he hits straight and hits through the line of the ball, as dangerous a cricketer mm. as there is in world cricket. Keep I, doing it, Jimmy, from Wellington. I am um, I am still struggling to actually take things away from the series with so many people uh, being away from the, from, from the black cap side in, in particular. Obviously, just drawing that, T20 series is actually I think a real win yep. especially from where we were at the start of that series it shows a bit of growth mm. uh, and the pitch has got a lot better I think for our style of cricket uh, towards the end there the one day is I find it very hard to judge how we have actually played because those batting performances with you know maybe more of our frontline bowlers I think would have been kept in hand yeah. uh, we've batted really well we've seen the return of Will Young his 86 at the top of the order we don't know who they're going to plan to open with at the 50-over World Cup, whether he's in the mix, he must be. Uh, and Daryl Mitchell as well, scoring 200s, batting at three, um, has been really impressive. But then I have the uh, Raj Reddy Player of the Week, uh, Fakhar Zaman. Oh, uh, it's been incredible, amazing, Incredible it? batting from him and Pakistan, not to take anything away from them. Uh, but yeah, he has... He has He's batted really well. He scored 300 runs. For listeners who aren't watching the scorecards, he scored 117 and 180 not out in the first two ODIs against New Zealand. And I think that's 300s on, 300s on the bounce. Like He scored 100 in his last ODI before this. So, yeah, yeah I, I probably think, deserves his Mumbai, Mumbai cement player of the match, <laughs> yeah, look, player of the week. I, I think, you know, to your point though, Raj, it, it, you know, is that bowling? And, you know, mm. Matt Henry, we talked him up a hell of a lot last week. And, I, you know, I think from an economy perspective, it's gone okay. Um, but maybe it's just lacking a little bit of that cutting edge, obviously, with no, you know, no bolt, no Saudi. And then J- Jimmy Neesham isn't really a, a third seamer, is he? He's probably a fourth seamer. Mm. Um, and then you've got, I, I know you're going to give me stick for this, but you've got Ratchin coming in and he's probably your third spinner. Um, I don't, you know, I don't think he's a second spinner to, to, to Ish. And I think he's actually a bit of a, a problem bowling in tandem or bowling with as a second spinner to Ish as well. Uh, Ish bowls a lot better with Mitchell Santner just holding up one end mm-hmm. and, and Ish can really go in there and start being aggressive and taking wickets. Um, I feel like, you know, Rutchen's not that, that style of bowler, the, the Santner type of bowler, and I think he has struggled a little bit. Mm. Yeah, and, and I think what it shows is that those those guys, the Nishams, the Ravindras, they, even Daryl Mitchell, in a T20 you can get away with that because you can actually bowl one bad one ball over. and over and you go for nine or you go for 10 and it's not a disaster in an ODI if you have to bowl six overs and you go for sevens and eights and nines and you're bowling one boundary ball and over it's actually a problem and I mean to be fair to Nisham in the game that the ODI that he played he had a couple Zaman was dropped I think twice off his bowling like he he actually bowled reasonably well I thought and did you know we had chances to win that game and, and put ourselves in a position to win but I think what it shows is that if Nisham Bracewell, Ravindra, whoever's in the mix for those ODI for those ODI World Cup all rounder spots, I don't think any of them are gonna be have to be we can't rely on any of them to bowl ten overs. And that might probably skipping ahead to some of the conversations we'll have about what the series actually means. I think what it means is that if we want to play those all rounders, 
then we probably need to have two of them in the side. You need to. Have, well, you need to have seven bowlers then. Effectively, what you're saying is, you, is your fifth, sixth, seventh, or your well, fifth, I think you can get away with ten six. overs. Needs to, needs to have two, maybe even three bowlers bowling that ten over. Line, I, right? I think it means if Nisham's going to play, he has to bat six, and yeah. Bra- well, Bracewell and Nisham have to play together if that if they are going to. I think if, almost if one of them is going to play, or you know, I think if they're going to play, they have to both play together almost in a way. Is is how I sort of put together that side. I know unless you're going to rely on Phillips to bowl four or five overs and Mitchell, and maybe they will, but yeah, I just I think that all of those guys together makes up your ten. I, d- I don't see any of them putting ten overs together on the bounce, and you know, maybe we'll see the odd performance we saw Colin de Gronholm bowl 10 overs in the World Cup final like some of these things do happen someone bowls well and, and it happens yeah. but it's yeah it's the fascinating thing about the 50 over format isn't it and why you know I know we've talked a hell of a lot about how it's relevant in the in the modern game now we want to see the World Cups obviously but it, it is that you know it is a having to bowl more overs whereas yes in T20 you can get away with someone burgling an over or two mm-hmm. but a lot more difficult to try and get someone to burgle 10 overs mm-hmm. or 7 overs yep and um, has Kane Williamson's replacement just been hiding right in front of us? What, what do we think? I mean, Mitchell, honestly, I just, I, I don't, I have no idea if this was the plan all along. Like, he's got the little rundown to third man in the locker as well, hasn't he? He's almost, I don't know whether he's uh, taken some time to uh, spend with Kane and, and learn that from him. He's been, he's just been New Zealand's Mister Fix It for, for what two years now? I, I, you know, ran some numbers on what he's actually done. He's averaging 57 in tests, 45 in ODIs, you know, 26 in T20s. He's the best all-format player. <laughs> <laughs> well, Conway's numbers are... Well, Conway's test numbers aren't quite as good as, as Mitchell. But, look, 800s and 1050s in tests and ODIs, and that's that's only from 41 games in those two formats. So that's, you know, he's putting a 50-plus score in half his games. It's He... he comes in and bats seven in test cricket he comes in and bats three like mm. he's just you know he opened in the t20 world cup I, I don't know we're running out of, of praise for him as well and and it's starting to feel real like that that uh england test series i think when, when we we're over there and obviously things didn't go well for new zealand in in general but blundell and mitchell kind of just continually put partnerships together and yeah. since then He's just been on a roll and it and hasn't really stopped. You, you mentioned uh, Blundell there really briefly. Um, thoughts on Latham when you've got Blundell potentially better keeper? I, I would I would hazard we were talking about how good he was as a as a Test match keeper. Raj, you, you well, want to come in on this? Well, it goes back to the argument where what what is a keeper? <laughs> is a keeper just a a roadblock with gloves um, but you can't leave Latham out of the side and if he can keep it's a bonus uh, he, he's just batting so well that 100 he scored not suggesting leaving him out of yeah. the side but it's you know is there a way to squeeze in a guy like like Blundell I just think with with the with Conway with uh, the likes of Conway the likes of Latham Latham is, is capable of doing a good enough job with the gloves okay. Um to, to include another batsman of well, note. And, and or Bl- another all-rounder. And Blund, yeah, I think Blundell is going to have to earn his spot as a, you know, show that he can contribute enough with the bat. And that's why I think the selections in this series have been really interesting. Like you're saying, we don't know what to take of this. I don't necessarily take a lot from the actual performance. More, like, these are the people that the selectors are giving the opportunity to. And I mean, I mean, what did you make of them, you know, changing their mind, I guess, and putting Chapman in that squad? 
like he wasn't in that original ODI squad. They've picked him, and then they've given him. They've they actually not just say, said, "Hey, Chappie, like, okay, great job. We'll see you later. Well played. You know, have a safe travel, safe flight home." They've actually said, you know, stick around for this ODI series. They've had to pay to change his flights, yeah. well, haven't they? You know, it's a serious financial commitment. <laughs> when they've actually picked him as well, yeah, yeah. it's but not like they've they've said stick around and then don't you know just watch. Yeah, look, I think it's I think it's brilliant. Um, and, and yeah, Raj, you, you'll come in, but I think we see too much of this pre-planning, and you know, so and so is going to bowl seventeen overs and four <laughs> balls in the nets, and you know, mix the Gatorade on the second Tuesday of every month, and and then you know, we we don't have that flexibility. So I think it's awesome to see that kind of real positive decision making and going do you know what this guy's earned his yeah earned his right and i think we're going to see more of it across three formats when you don't have heaps of time to get into series it's going to have to go on form in the in the game that you're you're playing and hopefully as well what that will lead to is players not picking and choosing when they're going to mm. play because they you know they're going to know that they you know their place could be in danger if they if they don't play and, and be selected for their country when they're available yeah i was really happy to see that. i think i think in in the past that would have just been allowed to, he would have been allowed to go yeah. home. Mm. They wouldn't have stopped and, and changed plans. And I really like the fact that they did that because he he deserved a go after his, his brilliant performance in the in the T20s. My, oh, sorry, did you want to say I got The next question I have is, we're talking about all these people who are, are not currently at at this series. They're off in the um, IPL. Like Glenn, Glenn Phillips is one of the, the main ones for me. Will Young and Daryl Mitchell probably can't play on the same side if we have Glenn Phillips and we have Jimmy Nisham batting at six. Mm. But I know you're a massive fan of, you know, you've got your Will Young stock. <laughs> he scored runs in the first ODI. If you had to pick one of those two, Mitchell and um, uh, Mitchell and Will yeah. Young, after the numbers you've just rattled off. Oh, I mean, Mitch, I think Mitchell's a lock in the side. I think Phillips is a lock in the side. I think Conway's a lock in the side and so is Latham. So there's <laughs> four of your top six already. And I, I think what I think what this series is showing and, and sort of the New Zealand batters are showing that it's giving them the opportunity to actually just pick the best six batters or, you know, maybe best combination of players because I said probably I think number six might have to bowl a few overs as well. But if Young, uh, Finn Allen, uh, you know, all these kind of Jimmy Neesham, all these guys, they're going to have to be flexible and... and Basically, you know, you said has our number three been sitting in wait? You know, maybe the fact that if if that is the case and Mitchell goes up to three, maybe that does leave an opportunity for Chapman or someone like that to get picked. And yes, yes, then Chapman comes in. Chapman's we're actually not looking for a number three like we all thought we were. We're looking for someone to come in and bat five or six, finish in innings, and then maybe that means Will Young gets squeezed out. I do think Young has to he's got to put more than this one performance. It's on the board. I mean he. I, I think I said it last week. The the ODI f- format is much better suited. He's much better suited to that. I don't think T Twenty is really his game. He struggles a little bit to kind of hit boundaries from ball one. So I think the fact that the ODI format, he can kind of play his way in. You know, do the Kane Williamson kind of role where you can work around singles and and do all of that kind of stuff. He actually probably soaks up too many dot balls if you're going to be really really critical of Young. But that gives him the opportunity to do that. But actually, you know, do we do we want that? If Mitchell can come in and bat three, maybe actually what we're looking for is a Chapman, a Nisham, all these other guys who are on this fringe of the squad, and maybe maybe Will Young gets squeezed out that way. Yeah, I think partly it's about the personnel that you've got available, and it's not replace Kane like for like. It's actually mm. what does the shape of that side look like, and 
Um, you know, we talk about the way England play test cricket now. They're not picking a Rory Burns or a Dom Sibley. They're going, do you know what? We've got five or six guys who could just want to come in and bash the shit out of it. <laughs> let's, just, let's just go with that. And I'm not saying that that's Mitchell, but... Um, he's definitely very positive though but he's very positive he's not it's not a like for like replacement for Kane mm. it's hey this is a combination that might uh, money ball us you know into into um, the runs that we need to put on the put on the board what do you think about the like I mean you guys talked about Blundell I mean yeah I, I do think the fact that Chapman has been picked that that tells us a lot that he is now in the mix for that like for that squad because Blundell, who we all thought, I think, going over there, oh, wow, Blundell, okay, Blundell's in this ODI yeah. squad. Now he's going to go over there and get an opportunity. We, I actually thought it would be at the top of the order, but they're picking Chad Bowes ahead of him. So, And Bowes is starting to show a little, like, starting to get more comfortable, I think, at, at international level. I mean, these pitches are, are certainly looking quite comfortable to bat on, mm-hmm. um, but is at least, you know, playing some really nice shots and, and playing his way into form. So, yeah, I just think that, we're, we're learning who is in the picking order and who are in these opportunities. And I don't know what that means for Finell. And I, I mean, yeah, Raj and I were driving to, to the Warriors game, you know, Warriors playing Roosters. Couldn't really talk about the rugby league because of the, the friction but that that conversation would have. So we already had this conversation a little bit. But, you know, I just... Uh, Finn Allen just doesn't... He's not getting a game in, at the IPL there's not that many games for him to play. You know, you might know. We'll, we'll get onto the hundred in a minute. Whether he's still got a hundred gig or whether he's in the Vitality Blast, I'm sure there'll be some cricket for him. But I don't know. Like, it started to make me think. Like, is his spot actually mm. in danger at all? It's a long time to be on the bench when when the, when the IPL is you know 700 games long and <laughs> you're not getting a getting a go. I I think that he is still the number. Him and and Conway are the number one partnership at the at the top of the order. Um, but you know, when there are series going on and the New Zealand team is playing, hmm. it always feels like you can lose your spot fairly quickly. But um, yeah, what about what about? Does it say where he is? On I, the... Yeah, I've been throwing that as a little bit. Of a <laughs> I'm going to need to look through quite a significant amount of people to see if Finn Allen's there. It is a nice segue though into probably that sort of franchise um, world. I'm just being asked to create a free BBC account, which I won't <laughs> do. Um, but we've thrown it out in the Slack channel. Um, Franchise contracts, the talk of T20 leagues taking over world cricket. It's, look, it's not going to go away. We've been talking about it a hell of a lot. There's been some press around the 100 already on the way out. So I think the, the story broke in the Guardian newspaper. Um, some So some talk around um, whether or not, um, from a monetary perspective, it's already apparently made up best case a £9 million loss. Um, so, yeah, be interested to get your views. As I said, I've got a page or, or so of notes. I'll find out the Finn, Finn Allen information for you. But, yeah, Lippy, your your kind of thoughts on that? This feels a bit early to be giving up, mm. doesn't it? I mean, that, that that's the one thought I have about this. Like, they, they've invested so much. I think I saw something, an article that they've, um, before this went out, they kind of uh, trademarked the 100, I don't know if it was the format or the name or whatever it was, in New Zealand and Australia and all, in all of these other countries, I guess, with their uh, expectation that this was going to be something. This was going to be a format that people might like and people might continue with and sort of instead of everyone, maybe not instead of everyone going to the IPL, but this this would actually be a thing. Yeah. For it, for it to be over if potentially in two or three years' time just seems very quick. Also, uh, if, if that is true, I feel like it's a little bit, short-sighted with the the travel restrictions the the covid world we've been living in during the time they've been trying to get it up and running 
like I've always said I love innovation in cricket it's something different not too different but it is something different and it's bringing the best players in the world together mm. seems like a winning formula to me it, it feels like the 100 for, for women's cricket has been particularly successful in mm. terms of like they're all the best players are playing the tournament it's getting great coverage um, there's lots of crossover between the men's and women's team in terms of cross promotion and, and the way that they go about their business and so forth so I feel like from a women's cricket perspective it's been really successful at mm-hmm. least in terms of generating interest and getting the best player all the things that I would measure it against other than the commercial outcomes it's been incredibly successful it it almost achieved its goal without trying not without trying but without having played a game in that it got people talking about cricket again in England it got people talking about short format cricket which I think it was flying under the radar a bit particularly with its players not being exposed to the IPL up until very recently like I feel like the 100 has popularised cricket for an audience that English cricket fans and please forgive me all fans of county cricket that don't agree with me that English cricket needed it needed to find a little bit of an extra audience in addition to the die hard nailed on 18 counties cricket supporters that would go and watch their county play a four a four day game well and, and I'll throw it to you Binks because you you've got the better perspective of this but you know obviously if it falls to bits here and, and you lose that financial, you know, all the, all the forget the money aspect of it. If it did that and then something turns into the 18, you know, 18 sides with promotion, relegation or whatever they're sort of starting to talk about, but it's reinvigorated that conversation, maybe at a huge financial cost, it could actually be a positive even if it sort of goes down in flames. Mm. Yeah, so um, I'll answer the most important question first. So Finn Allen did get picked up. Um, he's a £50,000 contract for the Southern Braves. So okay. he may well play against Jofra Archer. Oh, sorry, with Jofra Archer, Tim David, uh, Devin Conway as well. Oh, um, very in nice. That, in that how, side how many overseas well. players are allowed? Uh, good question. Hopefully it's three and then yeah, he'll We're going to talk for another five minutes until <laughs> we find out uh, this answer. Uh, go, go and look that up. Uh, look. <laughs> I just want to probably counter one of Baldy's points on the white ball cricket, and it wouldn't be a podcast if I didn't counter yeah, one fair of Baldy's points. Um, I think the 2019 World Cup win was probably a better catalyst for you know reinvigoration of English cricket from a white ball perspective. I, I think that the point that you make around the women's piece, though, is really important. The, the 100, in, in my view, has done its job. It's been that catalyst for some of the change that was probably required. Um, it's been brilliant for the women's game, but I think I'd also say... I think that would have happened anyway. We've got obviously the WPL going on now. Mm. Um, the uh, Women's Big Bash has been very, very successful. And then we've also seen, I think, international women's cricket over the course of the last probably 18 months or so just be really, really top quality. So I wonder whether that would have already happened. The thing for me is really the politics behind this. So there's a lot of marketing people involved in this. They've gone out and really bet the farm on we are arrogant enough to think that we can change a successful <laughs> format and create a franchise league that we then think we might be able to um, you know, spin off. It's like kind of who wants to be a millionaire, right? Let's <laughs> sell it all around the world. We might need to change the currency slightly or something like that because um, yeah, we, we don't want to be playing a million lira. But yeah, ultimately, I think um, there is a little bit of that marketing piece. And I think what will come out is how that has intersected with the county game and mm. with the 18 first class um, counties. I, I think I, I want to know whether it was always the plan that this might be a little bit of a disposable um, product in order to actually get a franchise tournament into, in, into English cricket. 
Um, I, I've banged on about this before. We were playing T20 cricket under lights in 2003. We, we were the first country in the world to do it, but we're the last real country that you know that's probably got the the wherewithal to create a franchise league to have created one. Mm. Um, obviously, the SA20 league has been pretty successful for them, I think. Um, you know, come along at a similar sort of time. If COVID hadn't happened, I think it would have launched before. Okay, before the hundred. But you know, ultimately, what I think now is there isn't a need for a different format. T20 is the format. Um, we we've stopped talking about the fact that an IPL game t- takes four hours. It's a four-hour entertainment product, just like a game of um, American football or whatever. People enjoy going to it. And if you really want to watch it in three hours, then you know, sit on your fast forward button and and, and you know, get through the rupee on the go moments <laughs> and the and the bowlers run ups. But I, I think to Bordy's point, ultimately the friction is going to come with those eighteen counties. We can't sustain an eighteen county T Twenty competition that is going to be anywhere near the draw card that an IPL or an SA Twenty or a Caribbean Premier League or even a Big Bash is going to be because the, the, the standard will be diluted too, too much. So I think we have to have a franchise tournament. Um, the simple thing to do is just call it the 120 and be done with it. Um, <laughs> and then, you know, there's your there's your answer. Very good, the 120. Well, and, well, um, how long did you take to write there, the 120? I don't think I put that on no. there. I think that just came out as um, off the cuff. From we haven't really talked about contracting. I think that was a big part of it as well. It, it was, so uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know. The Times in, in the UK broke this story that apparently, and I don't think they've named the players, no. but I think that the, the report was that there'd been six England players at the IPL who'd been approached by IPL franchises to see whether or not they would essentially play as guns for hire for, I'm guessing, the you know Mumbai Indians in the... Uh, you know, Dubai or United Arab Emirates League, as well yeah, as for the yeah. Mumbai Indians, etc. US League. Y- you would have thought that that conversation's going on with Cricket Australia contracted players as well. I, I think I did see yeah. that yes, yeah, some South African players were being approached. So well, it must be happening, right? My question is though. So this is where, and I said this in the Slack channel. Really, you know, and really want to get your boys view on this. The BCCI owns the IPL, right? So are they having that? Com- presumably, they can have that conversation. And it's easier for them to do. Does that create an even bigger monopoly for India in terms of international cricket? If they're going, well, hold on a second, we've got a really great franchise tournament. We can now control other nations' ability to earn big amounts of money. And that's only going to benefit, you know, India in terms of international cricket, which, I don't know, it, you know, to borrow some Shakespeare, it, you know, it seems a bit rotten in Denmark, doesn't it? <laughs> I mean, you're right in the fact that it's. Like, I mean, are we going to see some? You know, are we going to see the fact that all these Indian or you know these franchises that have originated in the IPL, like, are we going to start seeing some Indian players playing in Mumbai and um, you know in the Mumbai Indians Cape Town or whatever they're called and Dubai and all these other leagues? Is that going to happen? Do you think? Look, if I were to put my Nostradamus hat on and, and look forward. Did he wear a hat? Yeah, I think so. It was very pointy. Um, if I was to look forward like, you know, 30, 30 years into the future in cricket, I think that cricket could resemble the, the English Premier League in a way that that's, it's, it's, it's all franchise based with four, five, six international windows during the year where they play, um, where they, where they play uh, international games. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, a little treat for our uh, our video listeners. So, yeah, for, for those uh, listening on on Spotify, Border's just come back with a pointy hat. It's almost <laughs> as if that was uh, that was planned. But Border, over, uh, it's, over... a, it's it's a combination between the the Tiger King and the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm. <laughs> Strangely enough, I have no prepared remarks. And what's even more unusual is I'd actually like to take some time to think about the implications of what's happening at the moment in world cricket. We forecast when we first started doing this show Mm. that a club versus country debate was coming and that cricket would be unprepared for it. Even having forecast that we were going to talk, that we knew this was coming four years ago when we first started doing this pod, now that it's here, it actually really requires some thought because there is a potential, as we've pointed out just now, for really, really deeply impactful bias to be built into the system for some countries being um, part of the haves and some countries being part of the have-nots. And if that re- if that creates a really unfair structure, either financially or from an availability perspective, it could have a really dire impact for how international cricket is played and who was able to do that and make money out of it. So I think it really does need cricketing minds to come together and put aside their partisan allegiances to the nations in whom they represent and sit down at the ICC or some other body and say, look, what is actually best for the game of cricket here? Because there is a financial consideration and the fact that India and the IPL make the vast majority of income happen for cricket globally yeah. is really important to consider. But the, the, the state of the game globally needs to be considered in that as well. And if the IPL and then by the extension the BCCI and then by extension the ICC have control over player availability and the only and the only leagues that they are allowed to play in are affiliated with those structures, what does that say about the state of the game going forward? And I don't have a really good opinion on that yet and I think it's really behoven on all of us who are fans of cricket to really think deeply about this and come up with a perspective based on an understanding of what needs to happen in the game. And I'm going to wear my hat until I, can, until I come up with a decent perspective. For someone without prepared remarks, that was pretty <laughs> impressive. I, I'm, like I'm almost yeah. tempted to give you a standing ovation. That was very good. And, and, and it kind of made me think when you talked about that, about some of these guys that are in the IPL, like Josh Little was the first one that came to mind when you talked about that Mm. because Ireland get no test cricket. One of their best players is in the IPL because that's the better, that's actually the better choice for him. He's actually going back to play ODIs, I think, for Ireland, isn't he? He's leaving the IPL, I I think I saw somewhere. But yeah, yeah, look, I just echo, you know, for a man who's gone off and found (laughs) I'm trying, like, I'm trying to take that seriously because that was quite, that was almost moving. Well, Baldy, absolutely blown away by the hatted commentary that you've got there. I don't think any of us are actually going to be able to answer that question unless we talk for about another six hours or so. I'm sure it's a debate that's going to run and run. Um, it'd be great to get comments in your listener feedback on you know, what you think this sort of club versus country debate is going to bring to the game, particularly as we come into the climax of the IPL, a packed whiteboard schedule over the course of the next little while. And the ash is going on as well. Not to mention the fact we've got a bilateral series happening at the same time as all of this, which seems really, really weird, particularly because no Pakistan players yet played in the IPL as well, which is another thing I'm sure we can um, come on to. But please do dip back into the back catalogue. We will be back for more IPL action next week on the Top of the Podcast. But if you do want to check in on any of our past episodes, news, views and cricketing interviews, please do dip into www.thetopofthepodcast.com. But for now... It's good night from us all here in Auckland. We'll see you soon. Good night.